I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the Shameless Sex Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 50% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast. Just so you know, I'm recording outside in, in my actually very beautiful yard. The sun actually came out. Uh, you might hear some birds chirping. You might hear my dog bark. I don't know. Maybe the garbage truck is going to go by. Anything's possible. Some wind. I don't know. Raccoons. Who knows? Um, and um, I am here with my guest, Samantha Stelk. We actually both live in Santa Cruz. Um, we took the same contact improv dance class a long time ago with Daniel Molner, who's awesome. I've taught workshops with him before, uh, Tantra and Motion workshops. Uh, I've probably talked about the podcast before. And uh, this is a bonus episode. And what that means is we're not doing any ads. Yay! We were trying to do this once a month, and then we kind of lost track a while ago. Well, we still are offering them on the occasion, and it's our gift to you as the listeners to have an ad-free ad. Some of you complain about ads. You know, you don't like the ads, and we totally get that. Uh, it'd be nice if we didn't have to do them, but um, we do dedicate a lot of time to, the, to this, so we do need to make some money. Um, and so we want to do these offerings on the occasion for you all so that you can have, it's a gift from us. So, um, there will be no April today. She's slammed with work. <laughs> What's new, uh, for her job at Hot Octopus. So we will miss her. We love you, April. Uh, we are sending you lots of love from our hearts and our yonis. Um, this episode, so Samantha is a pleasure and empowerment coach. So she does sexual empowerment coach. Sorry, pleasure and sexual empowerment coach. Got it right. Okay. Um, and so you do work specifically in the region of how to help people tap into their most empowered, free sexual selves. Uh, because as a bonus episode, I'm not even going to read the bio. We are going to dive in and just let you mm-hmm. share a little more about you. So Let's start with the same question we always ask all of our guests about how you got to where you are today in this journey of sexuality, whether it's you uh, teaching about sex, but also your, maybe a little more about your personal journey. And I'm sure we'll get, dive into more of that later, too. Yes. Yeah, so really, my own personal life, the things that I've been through, you know, childhood traumas, yeah. and also... I grew up with this sense of feeling inadequate, unworthy. I know these are very common narratives. Um, And so I wasn't very orgasmic growing up and I didn't self-pleasure. I didn't really have the inclination or the desire to. And it's not something I really thought about when I was sexual. I was usually under some kind of substances Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't feel comfortable just being on my own, connecting sexually with myself or with another. And when I finally did start trying to self-pleasure in my late teens, early 20s, it was very 
it was very odd yeah. <laughs> experience for Un- me. Uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, I was very numb. I didn't really feel much and it was very challenging for me to orgasm. And I just, I felt clueless. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know like techniques or, or things like that. Um, and so over time I knew that there was more. And so I started to do my own research. I found teachers like Psalms Isadora and Layla Martin. And through finding Layla Martin, I just been wa- binge watched all of her um, videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And she actually led me to this center called Hridaya in Mexico, a meditation center. But they also were Tantra based. And so I learned more there. And then eventually I did her um, one year coaching program, mm. the sex, love and relationship coaching program in 2019. Mm. So it wasn't until I joined that program, like I could have really superficial clitoral orgasms with hands or vibrators or with hands. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even use, I, I didn't use toys okay. really. I yeah. do. I do now. I love, um, want pleasure wands. Uh-huh, and yeah. That glass. rumbly vibration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I use. I mostly just use a glass dildo. Okay, still mm-hmm. in my hand, mm-hmm. but I'm not against vibrators. Yeah. I just haven't explored them that much. Yeah. Um. And so, but since doing that program, we had to self pleasure for home plays every every day of the week, five days a week, mm-hmm. and so I definitely got to know myself even more. And from that. Um, I started to have internal orgasms, G-spot orgasms, cervical orgasms, and full body orgasms that could last longer, Mm. you know, have really cathartic releases, emotional releases. And I I just knew that if it was possible for me to expand orgasmically in that way, that I could help other women Mm. also do the same. I love that. I identify uh, with, so when I was younger... I didn't self-pleasure. I just was never really inspired to. I remember I did another podcast with someone. I would do, I would remember being uh, aroused or having sexual desire at a young age, you know, like 12, 13, having crushes on people. And I remember I would like make out with the wall in the shower and that would turn nice. me on, like practice making <laughs> out. But I never really explored my genitals. I talked to someone else in a podcast, like I made out with a shower wall too. Um, but I didn't really explore my genitals, but I would check them out in a way where I was like, oh, what is this? And like check out the smell and things like that. But it was never, I didn't really have this, I guess maybe, yeah, I can't, I don't know if I really knew to explore it or had this desire. That definitely wasn't shame. It was just that I didn't, uh, didn't have this inspiration. I didn't have that experience that a lot of young people have where they're like grinding against something and they get, they get turned on, you know, they're five and like, whoa, what is that? It feels really good. They have an orgasm or people's stories about sliding down the pole on the playground and um, and so people learning how to be orgasmic at a really young age, April of this podcast, um, used to hump her grinding against her teddy bear at a really young age. And then also she's had some grinding against like little other girlfriends at a young age too. And so she started having orgasms really young. So I think it's different for, for all people. Was your, you said you, there's a worthiness issues. Was there ideas about sh- sex being shameful when you were younger too, or just kind of didn't really know much about it? Yeah, it wasn't really talked about but actually I did when I was younger like 
it's funny. I don't haven't really told that many people, but because this is the shameless sex <laughs> podcast, yeah. we're shameless. When in elementary school, like that young, I, me and my one friend would like eat each other out. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know if this is, but it feels good. But we, I knew there was a sense of it being not okay or yeah. that it was wrong mm-hmm. or that we could get in trouble, which we don't actually think is true, but yeah, that you could get in trouble. Right. Yeah. Then, then it was like, we're doing something bad. Yeah. Cause also if no one talks about it, you know, and you don't see it anywhere, but you're like, we're doing this thing, but it's so funny how it it's embedded in us. Like that. This is, that this is, this is not okay. Yeah. So yeah. What even, it, even those of us who don't have really strong, um, religious conditioning, like it's still all around us. Yeah. We're still being fed it in through media and various things and just the way that we're raised and the conversations that we aren't having or hearing. And so, yeah, it's, it's deep in there. I can totally resonate with that. I wasn't told that sex was bad or shameful, but definitely had some ideas about things, or especially as my own pleasure as a vulva-owning person, you know, female woman identifying that I didn't have these messages that my pleasure was... Um, equally as important as the penis owning individuals that I was eventually going to be having sex with because as, as someone who identifies as mostly straight. Um, so then, okay. So the part, so I know, so a lot of listeners here, um, there's an ambulance going by. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of listeners are already like, okay, I'm probably asking a couple questions. Number one, the homework that you had where you're Self-pleasuring five days a week. My guess is the homework was not to be goal-oriented, but Correct. like try to get to orgasm, right? It is just to figure out what your body likes and explore that and just get curious. Correct. And for, extended, for a certain period of time. Yeah, the, they were guided practices for about 30 minutes. And there was even one module where we were encouraged not to orgasm. No, like just mm, like to, stay away from it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. it was all it's really in-depth her program yeah and yeah they're really extensive like we would give we went through this like birthing process where we would actually like be giving birth like in our, yeah in our all, room. All, oh on your own not all on a screen computer screen yeah anything. okay yeah. Uh-huh. they're pre-recorded yeah. and so yeah wild things it was it was really fun though yeah probably a little edgy too very yeah <laughs> I mean, I was, I was pretty open at that point. Like, I'm just like, I'm ready. Yeah. 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 We just that, you hit that point. Like, I'm, I'm ready for a change, for yeah. a shift and to embrace that. And when I dive in, I pretty much dive all in. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. like, now looking back, I'm going <laughs> all in, which I think is helpful for, for a lot of folks. I think is want to normalize feeling fear and resistance, especially something that's new or like, what if I can't get this? I think a lot of people are really impatient. So I guess that was the other question I was going to ask you. How long did it take you to start seeing shifts and to start being able to have these other, you said you, before you had kind of more superficial orgasms that are probably more like, you know, two seconds of euphoric feeling and maybe some muscle contractions in the pelvic floor. But how long did it take you to learn how to have more internal or full bodied or G spot or cervical orgasms? Less than a few weeks, I would say. Wow. I guess, but you're still doing five times a week. So yeah, that's pretty I think good. Cons- consistency you know really having an intention returning to your attention and just yeah being patient with yourself and just doing it over and over again and really slowing down and being present with the sensations yeah which i think is the hardest for a lot of people yeah they're in their heads they're goal oriented a lot of people i don't think have even experienced 
slowing down and just trying to be present with the sensations. And that's why we obviously often say that great sex is like a meditation. Even great masturbation mm-hmm. is right because you're, you're, the monkey mind is constantly pulling you out of that presence. You know, what, what am I going to have for breakfast tomorrow? And what do I look like? And I'm not going to do this. Or I'm not going to orgasm. Or, um, and instead coming back to just sensation, sensation, sensation over again. And that's why it's a practice. Oh my God, my dog wants me to throw the ball. We're not doing Absolutely. that right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but can be can be really daunting. So what you're saying is a really helpful tip is um, consistency. Just really committing to that, not doing like oh, I'll do it maybe once or twice this week, like making it more of a regular practice. Yeah, really prioritizing that space and your pleasure time, mm-hmm. and then getting away from the goals. I, so it's so curious about that one of actually having the goal to not orgasm, and and what happened when you did that? Was that hard? Yeah, definitely. Even, yeah, especially in the beginning. I mean, that can still creep in for me at times. Mm-hmm. And I have to remind myself to return to my breath and to slow down and just be with the present moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I I have been more yang energy, more just always on the go, going, going, going. And so, <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely, like, counterintuitive for me. It was at first. So it took... It took some reconditioning to get yeah. there. So yang energy is the more like linear, go, go, go doer. And the yin energy is more like flow and presence. And that wasn't really the default for you. Exactly. Totally identify with that. <laughs> so can <laughs> April. We're such doers. We're like, all right, I got to have an appointment now, now, now. I got to do this. I'm going to have an orgasm in five minutes. <laughs> um, and instead, it's a lot of um, learning. I, too, have through a lot of practices of a lot of dedicated time to practice. I've learned so much more about slowing down and it's a lot easier now for that to be the more the natural default, but it took a lot of work and we'll get to this in a little bit with listeners. Um, cause you actually offer a group work and one-on-one work on how people can support you because I would imagine in your case, this work probably would have been really hard for you to do if you didn't have teachers and instructors, right? Like to keep you on track and teach you things. Certainly. Yeah. I would been in the dark for a long time and probably wouldn't have progressed as much as I have. And how has this changed? Okay. Well, actually another question. Did you have a partner at the, while you were doing this work or were you just on your own? I was, time? I was single at the time. And do you think that's probably made it easier or harder or does that, do you think that affects anything? Yeah, it definitely was. It was a weird transition time in my life because I was traveling for since like 2012 and then I was living at home for about five months. So I even had to like navigate this while like being at home at my parents' house. <laughs> Myself uh, pleasure for 30 minutes, parents. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, I've noticed that because I have a partner now, I noticed that when I do have a partner, I do self pleasure less. Mm-hmm. And so I have to make more time in my life to do that and remind myself. So I think that being alone, it was easier to just fully devote myself to the practices yeah almost Absolutely. like there's more spaciousness there so you, and you live with your partner now i do yeah so that makes it a little more tricky of like well i mean you could still say hey i need 30 minutes to myself but it, it's so much easier to prioritize when you are doing that on your own and i think a lot of people assume that they want to rely on for other people to give them their pleasure and teach mm-hmm. them their pleasure um which you know probably isn't i'm sure you would agree isn't necessarily where it should start it starts mm-hmm. with us 
Um, and two, they think that they should do this work when they're in a partnership as opposed to on their own. Like, oh, I'm a single person, so why would I do this? But in fact, it sounds like it almost is an a even easier or better opportunity. Not that you can't do it partnered, but um, will be easier to dedicate and find that time if you if you are running solo right now. Yeah, there's a few points on this that I would like to speak to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it does start with you, as you said, and you're really building your own personal safety in your body and you're building the foundation um, for pleasure, to feel pleasure, to feel these deep states of orgasmic bliss, because this is a very tender, it can be very tender for most people. So doing it alone is so important because you're able to feel safe within yourself and in your own body. You're building and you're rewiring neural pathways in your system to feel more pleasure. And I've noticed that it was easier at first for me to have really deep internal orgasms by myself. And even prior to starting the program, when I had a partner for a brief period of time, it was almost nearly impossible for me to orgasm with them. Mm -hmm. And so you really need to get to know your own body first before it's more helpful to know your own body first before connecting with another person. Mm -hmm. And you feel more secure within yourself, more confident within yourself because you have this deep knowing within yourself what you like and, and what feels good for you. And you're able to communicate that more easily to your partner. Yeah, it's like step one is the self-exploration with you, understanding what your body likes. And then you know, another step is when you want to integrate that into a partnership. Then it's also the skill building and how, knowing how to actually ask for it. Something that's really scary for a lot of people. A lot of people are like, well, I can give myself these orgasms on my own. But when it comes to a partnership, it's so hard. Why is that so hard? Or they have this idea that there's only one way to orgasm. They're broken if they don't have it just from penetrative sex alone. Um, what, what advice do you have for people who ha- or have an understanding of maybe what their body likes and they, they can explore it in a powerful way on their own, but when it comes to the partnership, that's really challenging to um, integrate that and r- almost you know, replicate that in front, in front of or with another person? Yeah, I, what has worked for me is having these conversations before you're in the bedroom before you're in those sexual intimate spaces because there can be a lot of charge around them when you're in it and it can be harder sometimes I've noticed to voice yourself when you're you're naked (laughs) (laughs) your body your naked bodies are with each other um and so yeah I, I highly recommend just having these conversations hopefully you can and you feel safe enough to have these conversations with your partner and that they're open enough and yeah and and also you know sharing your challenges sharing if you have insecurities or around taking feeling like you take too long to orgasm again you guys can go in there with a shared intention just to go really slow um there's no rush there's no destination and yeah, to just allow that that weight off your shoulders and just being present moment to moment. Because, again, 
it's okay if you're getting your head acknowledge it but then just drop back into the breath drop back into the sensations mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's this dance this back and forth mm-hmm. thing and it, so even when you're partnered you're doing you're doing that in your own head too one thing that i've done with partners before um is if i get in my head i start to get goal oriented or something while we're having sex i'll actually tell them i'm really in my head right now like press pause and i'm really in my head right now can we take a moment so that I can get back in my body? Or maybe there's something that you can do to help me. And like sometimes it's like spanking my ass or something. I'm like, whoa, okay, I'm in my body now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, you know, and that's, I think, helpful to have those conversations with your partners before that you might start doing that. Like, hey, but, you know, here's the journey that I'm on. Are you, are you down to be on this journey with me? This is what it will look like. And here's some things I might try, I might start doing as I'm learning about myself that when I notice myself leaving my body or, you know, you, you all those things, just like here's the, so that they're not shocked in the middle yeah. of it. All of a sudden you're like, Hey, I'm going to press pause. And they're like, what the fuck is pause? <laughs> so, um, so you recommend that too, like sharing all all of that and kind of creating this shared intention of how you're going to explore that space as, as a continuous journey, not just like one session and that's it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's like a light, it's like, it can be a lifelong path. Yes. A, lot of, a lot of people <laughs> think they have that conversation once with a partner or just with themselves, they practice things once and that it's good. And, um, I think with self pleasuring and with great partnered sex is just this constant practice, you know, sometimes two steps forward, one step back, hopefully three steps forward at times, but it's not just like, you know, it, I think it's when people feel lost and, and stagnant, it's when they aren't, are not on that forever journey. I would imagine you are right. You're for you, you're going to be doing this work with people and you know as now teaching people but also probably your own self-practice needs to continue as part of that work absolutely it's a continuous unfolding yeah yeah it just continues and continues to happen that way so then what about so the different just for orgasms here so you talk about the superficial orgasms that you experience more just with your hands there's less presence there less understanding of what your body likes and about what the techniques to even try. Um, and, and then you learn through these trainings, they gave you, they gave you various ideas of different techniques to mm-hmm. try. Right. Do you yeah. have any, okay. So obviously we can't do this podcast for five minute, many million hours and you have, <laughs> you have Facebook. I know you have some videos on Facebook and, and your group work coming up, but do you have any tips for our listeners if they want to start? So we talk about presence, slowness, but if they're like, I don't even know where to move my hands and what to do. Do you have any tips for them on what, how to, how to just like start to navigate that to explore? Yeah, absolutely. So, well, what I love, some practices that I love are eye gazing and pussy gazing Mm. just to really feel yourself and to look at how beautiful you are and look how beautiful you're vulva is I know sometimes that's not always the first reaction but over time you start to really see what a precious beautiful being it is Mm -hmm. and so you start to develop this intimacy with yourself and I also really love sensual massage warming up your entire body this is you doing it for yourself yeah so eye gazing is you in a mirror pussy gazing is you're in a mirror mirror, as well okay cool (laughs) and then let yeah warm up letting your hands sensually touch you the way people want a lover to do that but they're doing it themselves Mm -hmm. Mm. so you can do this with oil or without but like light feather touch or you can play with different pressure you know scratching grabs whatever you like 
Um, and also then I love, I have a lot of breast massage audios mm. guiding you through a breast massage because your breasts are connected to your heart and your endocrine system, to your hormones. And, and so by activating your breasts and giving them some love, giving your entire body some love, you're already beginning to open your entire being mm-hmm. up to pleasure. And then, so you're doing like not even going for the genitals, right? You're just talking about the whole body, correct? Before, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Most people are like, I'm gonna touch myself for two seconds, genitals, <laughs> like they saw in porn. So you're like, you're taking your time, you're not even getting the genitals, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't really watch a lot of porn growing up, so I think it's probably a good thing, that was, <laughs> yeah, that was helpful for me. Just, yeah, it was an empty sleep starting yeah. out. Um, but yeah, really loving up every inch of your body, and you start to awaken the pleasure in your body and the sensations in your body. And then you can move to your vulva and just like, you know, you would get a body massage, like massaging your inner and outer labia, massaging around the entrance to the vagina, the perineum, which is the muscle between the anus, the taint. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you've talked about that quite a bit and massaging your clitoris, experimenting with different, motions different pressures um it's like you don't even need (laughs) yes sir you don't even need to know it's like just letting your hands try all these different things yeah yeah so like circles tapping kneading yeah things again you don't see in porn they're just like and that's which again you didn't really watch a lot of porn but things that people aren't seeing yeah and aren't they have no idea yeah we're relearning Mm -hmm. or some people learning for the first time (laughs) yeah yeah exactly yeah um, and yeah, just taking as long as you need. And that could be a few minutes, a few hours, a few days, mm-hmm. and then slowly, um, yeah, slowly working your way inward. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would recommend using your hands at first, just so that you create that connection between your hands and your body and yeah, exploring the inside, just moving slowly in working sometimes in a clockwise position, what they call mapping. Mm. Yeah, like a vulva mapping? Yeah, vulva yeah. mapping mm-hmm. on yourself and just noticing what is arising and holding yourself in love with, and moving with curiosity and compassion throughout this entire process. Mm. And sort of seeing places there, you know, slowly, huh, here, here, oh, that's a little numb there. Or here, oh, there's some light sensation. Or here, mm-hmm. a lot of sensation. Or here's some pain. And just yeah. being compassionate with that, not like fighting it and a- trying to analyze it, but just being present with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a yoni massage when I was in Mexico for the first time by this woman. And it was a very enlightening experience. I, yeah, it was beautiful just to be held in that really sacred space with and healing space with that woman. And I was, yeah, I learned a lot. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, yeah. I didn't even know that about my body. <laughs> yeah. I've had that. We've done episodes on vulva mapping. Um, I had a uh, yoni massage. It was, it was like almost like a psychedelic journey without drugs or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, and then I, that was separate. And I had to that, I was then also work with a sexological body worker who did vulva mapping. And what's so cool about that, working with someone else, you don't have to give anything to them. That's mm-hmm. the other thing. I think we get in our heads like I'm receiving, therefore I need to give. It's h- harder to be present. But when you're just receiving that, you can be in f- hopefully not. I mean, sometimes it's so hard to receive, but full surrender to just the learning and the uncovering. And you probably learned a lot in that. Yeah. Yeah. It's such powerful work. So is this, 
You're talking about, you, do you only work with Volvo-owning individuals? Yes, okay. at this time. Was that training with Layla just for Volvo folks, or is it was it for all kinds of folks? I believe women identifying okay. folks. Okay, Correct. so folks identify as women. Yes. Um, do you think that penis-owning individuals who have a hard time having orgasms or having just kind of superficial quick ones and hear about these full-bodied things that have never experienced it, do you, even though you don't work with them, do you think this journey is a similar thing for them if they want to tell Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Probably not a lot of different... I mean, we are made of the same parts. So they're just put in different places. Right. <laughs> one's just inward, one's just outward. Yeah, and then there's some <laughs> in-betweens in there too yes. as well. So with intersex folks, and et cetera. So, um, so for the... Penis owners listening right now, um, you can do this too. Or yeah, yes, you can. Yeah, and a, a lot of them are like, why, why would I want to do that? You know, like I just do my quick strokes and I have my orgasm. It's good. And so here's my other question for but you: It could be so much better. Exactly. I was going <laughs> to ask you, how has this changed your life? Both we are, we can understand with sex, you're having more, just more everything. But have you seen this shift your life even outside of sex too, by becoming more orgasmic and sensual and in your body? Yeah, I feel more free, mm. more because the sexuality is deeply connected to the throat. My voice and my singing has been gotten a lot better mm. and more fluid, and I just feel happier. You know, the things that I've dealt with in the past, like sometimes they still arise, but the way that I perceive them or the way that I hold them or move through them has become more gentle, more loving, mm. more easeful. And, yeah, I, I do think it has allowed me to attract the partner that I'm with currently who is super awesome and just down for everything um, that I love doing. Mm-hmm. So That's great. I, so yeah. is my partner. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I'm just so excited for, for just ple- my pleasure in general. But it's so – so you're saying through the work – you're finally able to really be call in someone to meet you there. Had you not done that, it might have not been the case. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe in that. I'm like, I like laws of, of attraction and manifestation. And I think for some of our listeners, it's like, woo, woo, la, la. And, um, and, but I do, even if we take that out of the equation, like this magnetic force and the, the universe is on your side, if we wanted to even just take that language out to say that when we do the work, whether it's about sexuality or childhood trauma, worthiness stuff, um, and we're single and we do the work, we change, we shift. Mm -hmm. And therefore the likelihood of the people that you bring in and you start to, whether it's friends or lovers, they're going to be more likely to be on that level. Cause you've already done that work. I mean, some people will still kind of revert to old ways of being and choose their old, the people that remind them of their trauma and things like that. But for the most part, it, only makes it so that you are able to be more met by people that are, are at your not I mean, you want to say level because it sounds like a hierarchy but mm-hmm. at the place that you are now in yeah yeah it's a it's a physical and energetic resonance on that the people that you're calling in because you've you've been doing that work you've been stepping in into your power in that way and yeah it's beautiful mm-hmm. because it, it you don't have to try as much anymore. And I think there are still like flashes from your past that like creep in kind of to test you sometimes. Two steps forward, (laughs) one step back. Sometimes five steps back. But it's all a part of this beautiful process of life. And if it was all easy, it would be boring. Yeah. We wouldn't even know how to experience the, all the joy. Exactly. It's all just kind of numb. I like, um, 
Chris Ryan, who wrote Sex at Dawn and has the podcast Tangentially Speaking, mm-hmm. says, I think, and someone else says that comfort is a coffin. I forgot where that one comes from. But he says, you know, people are so, we're so taught to just be comfortable. And he's like, comfort is the absence of sensation. Mm-hmm. And uh, when actually part of life and a feeling is discomfort is being, being the, the tested or in the stretch zone. And I think with sexuality, it can be the most testing and the most um, uncomfortable for people, especially based on past wounding and hurt and all those things too. And so for folks listening, if you're one of those, it's really uncomfortable to be sexual with myself, with other people, know that um, you know this, the, that can change. You know, that can shift and that part of that is practice and this dedication that you're talking about. Yeah, it certainly gets easier over time and it helps you lean into the discomfort more. Yeah, totally. And I felt that I was so into just being comfortable all the time, which I still like comfort. Not to say that you shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's we need that for safety and relaxation. Um, but I had a partner, not my current partner, but really pushed me kind of in an aggressive way. I was like, can this be a little more gentle? But I'm really grateful to him because he taught me so much about being in discomfort and pushing myself to look deep, more deeply at myself. And, you know, I think the way I think, why do I think that? Or, you know, what's this behavior about? Where did I learn this? And, um, and why is it so scary to step outside of my comfort zone? And the more I practiced being uncomfortable, the easier, the more comfortable I became <laughs> there, which is so funny that discomfort became just a part of life. And I still have moments where it comes up where I'm like, ah, discomfort, I don't like this. Um, I think there's a big difference between discomfort and panic. Have you seen the diagram that's um, comfort, stretch, panic, These the circles I around each other? It. The middle circle's comforts where we're our day-to-day, you know, I go to work, da 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 I got this dialed in. I'm not learning anything Autopilot. new. Autopilot, yeah. yeah. But which we want to still want to spend a lot of time there. Um, stretch zone is this little circle that's outside of that. That's the discomfort and that's the learning. That's five times a week you're self-pleasuring to learn this new thing and it's edgy and at times you probably don't want to do it and resistance comes up. and um, But that's where the growth comes in. And then there's panic in the whole bits of the outside and that's when we've gone a little too far. We're like, right, like we decided to go to the sex club and I love some sex clubs, but you know, and, but we, but like we're there and we're naked from people and we're just so not ready for it. And we're freaking the fuck out. You know, that in those moments, like, okay, now I got to go back to comfort zone to, to calm mm-hmm. down. And so it's this dance where we'll accidentally push ourselves a little beyond boundaries. This is why boundaries are really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but we're mostly wanting to dance between comfort and stretch as opposed to, you know, panic, panic, panic. Um, and sometimes panic can happen a lot based on trauma and stuff too. Um, I want to ask one, one, another question. Some people are like, what the hell is a cervical orgasm? They've heard probably a lot about G-spot orgasms. Um, how do you describe a cervical orgasm? Yeah. The, the cervical, the cervix Mm -hmm. is the entrance to the uterus. Mm -hmm. It's at the very back. It's like the stopper. (laughs) The very back of the vaginal canal. It feels like a donut spongy, um, for me, those are the most emotional releases, the deepest emotional releases that I have where it's a very beautiful experience, but it will bring me to tears. And I just feel like I'm releasing so much from my past and from my body and which also is very cathartic, but, and that is from really relaxing and surrendering during the act of self-pleasuring or during love and you know, you're penetrating that area or massaging around it. Mm-hmm. However, you're, you're 
you're touching it, but yeah, they're, they're really beautiful because they feel like when you're self-pleasuring in this way, you're also reaching the deep layers of the subconscious mind. And so you're doing so much healing on the deepest levels of your being Mm -hmm. and which it takes a lot of openness and surrender to Mm -hmm. be in that space. Yeah. I would imagine the further, and this is my experience too, the further in you're going in your body, the more time for the relaxation and warm up you probably Mm -hmm. will need because it's such a deep, it's deep inside of ourselves Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, on the entrance to the womb and you know, all these different parts. And it's probably for a lot of people have received experience some sort of tra- trauma even if it's not from um, um non-consensual acts of sexual violence yeah. you know we can have trauma from consenting and complying or even to ourselves shoving a tampon up there and yeah. all these things where now we have to show our body that it's worth taking time for and being really gentle with and creating that safety so i guess my question for you the birds are going crazy um can you have like a cervical quickie? You're like, I have five minutes. I'm going to have a cervical orgasm. I haven't yet, but it could be possible if, say, you're in a really safe lovership or a partnership and you've been doing this for a while, then I'm sure it could, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Exactly. Do you think cervical orgasms, in my experience, they have been, they're a little elusive because they require, they're, there's so much for me, you know, I could probably count on two hands how many of them I've had. For me, there's so much that come into play. Again, stress levels, safety, mm-hmm. um, you know, the connection, if I'm with you with a partner. I've never had one actually on my own, but that, um, hello, Birdie, wherever you are. The connection with my partner um, and how, where we're at. Um, so it's like hit or miss. And if sometimes if, I, if I'm trying to replicate it, like today I'm going to have a cervical orgasm, I have not found a way to do that. Do you feel like in your experience you can spend so much time practicing that for you now, if you, I still, I guess that's a goal. So maybe it's not always mm-hmm. available, but is it an elusive thing or do you feel like you, you have a really good understanding of how to get, give that to yourself or have that with a partner now? Yeah, I think it's feeling like you said earlier, a sense of relaxation, safety and trust with yourself mm-hmm. and the person and, or the person that you're with. But I feel like it's kind of, it's more intuitive than, than that. Like you, you know, with, I really love the glass dildos because they're really safe and they can reach really far back there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can tell like if I'm moving it and massaging my cervix with it. And then if I pull it up and stimulate my G spot with it, like I can feel a difference between the two. Mm-hmm. So I can, depending on where I position it, I can it feels different. It feels noticeably different. Between yeah. But it took you to practice to understand that. Yeah. And then the presence part too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Where are these birds? Man, they are so funny. They're everywhere. They're all, <laughs> it's a very nice day. They're like, woohoo, cervical orgasms and pleasure. <laughs> They're cheering us on. Um, we've done podcasts on cervical orgasms before. I let it, think a lot of people are, have asked questions about that. Um, I'm not going to name any names. It's definitely not Layla Martin, but there is a sex educator that um, has made some comments that, uh, which I uh, have my minor triggers about, that um, the cervi- that this clitoral orgasm is the inferior orgasm, uh, and this cervical orgasm is the superior one. Like it's the creme de la creme, and that if you're not giving that to your partner, um, you need to learn how to do so, and that is what creates a 
and, and I and I do. There's one thing I do agree with. It's like the more we learn about our body and ha- learn, and then if we're open to having those deeper, full-bodied experiences that are intimate and can bring you to tears, and there's cathartic releases of deep emotion. Yes, I agree that that path is more powerful than maybe not exploring that. Um, but I don't agree with shaming people out of if one if you it's hard for you to do it, you can't do it, you don't even want to do that work and you want to just have orgasms this one way. Would you agree with that? Like it's I mean there's not one way that works for everyone and there's nothing wrong with people if they can't or don't want to or have struggle with having orgasms in all these other ways too. Yeah, I do I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I don't you know, every body every body and everybody is mm-hmm. different and we're all in a different place along our path um, in this realm and so it's all beautiful like even still I need to massage my clitoris while penetration to orgasm Mm -hmm. even with g-spot or cervical Mm -hmm. so so those people that are asking yeah how do I how do I have orgasms penetration like well we do know that the clitoris has the most nerve endings so add that too and don't be afraid yeah Mm -hmm. and I've had partners before that maybe felt uncomfortable with me massaging that their penis should do it all yeah or the fingers or whatever they're doing it's just not true and so it's yeah it's really beautiful to if that's what you need then yeah just you're learning what your own body needs Mm -hmm. and that's what's really important is this i've seen diagrams of different genitals and how we have some people have a ton of nerve endings in, internally and others people don't. And most people, most vulva owners it's, have more externally, as we know. Mm-hmm. But some people just have more internally in different places than other other folks. And I don't know why we don't, well, we wouldn't assume that because we're all so different. Mm-hmm. So just like some people, you know, their nipples are extra sensitive and some people they're not. And I know that we can learn to sensitize things. But why wouldn't we think that our nerve structures are different in, in each and every one? Um, and then also you add the, the mental component. So it's just so, yeah, like you said, where it's a relearning for a lot of people, it's a brand new path. But it's a really, really powerful one. Um, and I'm so glad you're doing the work that you do. So now I want to know more about the work that you do. Um, yeah. So we're, this is releasing, I think, January 15th of 2021. Happy New Year, everyone. And um, and so what you're ta- going to talk about is a program that you have coming up, I think, in February. But for our listeners you, you, you'll, who listen later, you'll be doing other releases of group work. You do one-on-one stuff. But tell us about what that program is like. Yeah, so I have a... 12-week program coming up, Sensual Metamorphosis. It's starting February 1st. Mm-hmm. The container is open to 10 more women. And this this program is really to help you access greater states of pleasure and thus arouse limitless self-love. Mm. It's all online. Yes, yeah, uh-huh. it's all online. It's 12 weeks and there's six modules. So each module is two weeks. And within that two weeks, there is pre-recorded um, audios that I send you around meditation, breath work, self-pleasuring, and you, as well, you get a one-on-one coaching session with me, and you, there's also six group coaching sessions where we do a live embodiment call and a heart circle with the other women in the program, because I truly believe when we're being witnessed through our journey and through this really vulnerable process, that that's where it's even more integrating further into 
into our bodies. Mm. Yeah, I the super. So are people going to be self pleasuring on camera in front of other people, or you, or is that just in privacy and they're kind of more sharing with each other? Yeah, that will be in the privacy of their own homes. Okay. We might. Um, I want to do. I'm also offering jade egg throughout that mm-hmm. course, and. You know, even if it, in the embodiment calls, if the women want to turn off their camera, that's whatever they feel comfortable with. Yeah, they can um, do that they are there. But I am thinking of having some, uh, like a live jade egg as well. Mm, that's awesome. What, uh, do you know Betty Dodson? The, um, she passed away, actually. She was 92. Betty Dodson is known, she's like a total spitfire feminist, like part of the sexual revolution. And um and she used to do is she's not sex bod she is wait no that's sexological body work she's is she body sex oh my god what is the name of it she has workshops workshops had again she just passed away at ninety two um, mm-hmm. which is sad because April and I had just signed up to do her well we wouldn't it's COVID we would have gone and done it in November um, but anyways she would have people in a group in a circle in person super edgy in person naked holding mirrors doing vagina show and tell like vulva show and tell and then self-pleasuring the same room as other people super edgy you're not having people go that far plus it's COVID, so where everything's online so what you're talking about is much more gentle but i mean we were going to go do that with her which is yeah i have yeah. i have done that in mexico oh, you did um with about 30 women and layla martin okay and that yeah we were like doing jade egg weightlifting with each other and yeah <laughs> and really beautiful rituals um yeah, where we were looking at each other's vulvas and just saying how beautiful they were. And it's powerful. Yeah, dancing naked yeah. and all that fun stuff. But Yeah. Edgy for a lot, a lot of <laughs> folks. Like, I'm not there yet, you know. Yeah. And you were you, you were wanting to go into this for your own journey, I'm sure. But also now it's it's your your life's work and your, your career. So um, so what, for folks listening, your program is not uh, is, is not as edgy, but it still will be ed- edgy for people. So if they want to sign up for your program, um, what, do they, what do they do? Where do they go? Yeah, so they can go to my website at lovelegacycoaching.com. Lovelegacycoaching.com. Got yeah. it. Love that. Or And then look under the services tab for 12-week metamorphosis. Mm-hmm. And also my Instagram at Behold the Beloved. Mm, behold the Beloved. Yeah. I like these. Oh my God, these are all like, oh, my heart loves these. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're on Facebook as well. All yeah, the things there. Samantha Helm, uh-huh. Saint, S-T-Elk, S-E-L-K. Okay. Samantha Helm, Saint Elk. Okay, got it. And then you, for, for the, that's the, for the, the group work, and then you also do one-on-one work too for people if they want that as well? Yes, I yeah. do. Which we do... It's not as in-depth as the program. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. But I just, I love the program feel because I love having all the women doing this work together at the same time. I love doing the one-on-ones um, because we really go deep in our sessions together as well. I also give you pre-recorded audios to do at home and, mm. and home play for you to work on by yeah, yourself. I feel like the gr- one-on-ones great. Um, but the group works like a deep dive. Like I'm all in because mm-hmm. something you're talking about the consistency. That's a great way. And then you get the community. You get to hear about other people's experiences, their trials and tribulations. You feel connected. You feel seen. So I think that there's mm-hmm. something extra powerful about that, especially right now, y'all. Is anyone's in COVID world <laughs> listening where you feel disconnected? 
um, from community. You're feeling like you, a lot of people don't have routine right now. Practices are really hard to do on their own. It's a really great opportunity to, to do this work, whether, well, now or, or later, but especially right now, I think is a really valuable time. Yeah, this, there's no time like now. Yeah, the time is <laughs> the right present. now. Yeah. So but there's, it's really is intensive mm-hmm. and I've offered it before and it was six weeks mm-hmm. and all the women asked it to longer. be longer. Yeah. That's why I, I prolonged the modules to two weeks. That's a good sign when people are like more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. That's some good testimonials right there. Um, so awesome. So remind me again, say your website one more time. Lovelegacycoaching.com. Cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on your podcast. Your first podcast, by the way, you mm-hmm. nailed it. <laughs> thank you so yeah. much for having me. Amy. Yeah. Yeah. And the birds were chirping us on. There was a little bit of wind. I was like, maybe we should podcast outside more, especially we're talking about embodied things. So, um, all right. Now to our listeners, uh, we love you, April. We love April. You're not here right now. Perry, my dog, is looking me in the eyes. He loves you, too. Thank you, April. Yeah, thank you, April. Yeah, you <laughs> two will get to meet at some point. I'm sure we'll be able to have more to talk about and do this again. Um, and to our listeners, ad-free. But still, you can go onto iTunes and rate our podcast because guess what that does for us? It makes us more searchable and more people find us. We are global. We're now over, I don't know, 80 countries in the world. Um, and That's so amazing. it's amazing because yes. we're going to places where people, there's so much shame about sexual pleasure and they get to hear about this and learn this. They don't have sex, positive sex shops and classes. And so, um, go and review us if not just for you and for us, but for the world, <laughs> um, it's easy to do. Give us five stars. We love that. And give us feedback. And, um, and also you can say how we can do better too. Cause we love that too. So as April would say, she's not here, but, uh, we love you and ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.